The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 75 The Dance 1883, January 20th, Denver, Colorado the band took a moment to change their sheet music as the dancers found their place on the floor. Paris couldn't help but glance over at Thalia. Her hand was in Louis's, and his other hand around her waist. She took a deep breath and looked away before she did anything she knew would break their deal. It wasn't her place to interfere. They had an agreement, and after all, she was about to dance with Florence. Paris held her right hand up and Florence took it. She set her left hand on Florence's back. Florence set her right hand on Paris's shoulder. The waltz was intended for a male-female couple, and Paris was taking the male role, the lead. She looked up at the band, waiting for the music to begin. She noticed among them playing the guitar was Arcadia, dressed in a modest gown, looking more like a chorus robe. Thalia saw Paris and smiled. If she had the time, she would have warned Paris about her dance partner, but the music started and the dance had begun. "'You dance well,' said Florence." as she moved with Paris around the floor. Dancing was part of my training. It's how my father taught me beat and rhythm. It also has a lot to teach about footwork. An untrained fighter will often stand his ground, but it's better to keep moving. Paris replied, Is fighting all you know how to do? <laughs> no. I'm also a decent cook. Decent? I can admit there's always room to learn more. Luke told me never trust anyone who says they know everything. Luke? He's my mother. Luke Lee, the kidnapper? He didn't kidnap anyone. He rescued them. Wait, then you're little Annabelle. It's not Annabelle. It's just Anna. Well, what happened to the orphans? They're my brothers and his sons. He's still technically an outlaw, you know. He's been an outlaw all his life. Did he teach you about sex? Mothers are supposed to teach their daughters about sex. He was never comfortable with that kind of conversation. But he did teach me about love. Mostly through example, he loves every one of us. The three of us that are physically his, and the ten that were adopted. We're all his children. He also is devoted to my father, even when they disagree. Those disagreements always end in love. But sex... Are you any good at sex? I don't know. I don't have anything to compare it to. If you want an answer to that question, you're going to have to ask Thalia. Though, I can admit, she is very good at it. Rumor is that the first night you two spent together, you were up all night and the next day. If we have the time, we like to make good use of it. Is that a yes? It's not a denial. Why did you let the sheriff hit you? During the fight? It was a fight. That's what happens in a fight. I saw both of your matches. Thomas barely touched you, and the sheriff only seemed to connect when you wanted him to. I know the fight was real. The sheriff wanted to beat you too much to have thrown it. But what I don't understand is why you let him hit you. I am not as strong as Thomas or the sheriff. I don't have the reach they have. What I have is speed. I can strike, duck, dodge, 
and never be struck in return. That's how I win. I may need to hit them two or three times more than they would have to hit me, but they can't hit me, and I can hit them. So eventually, I always win. No one can beat you. (laughs) My dad can. And my brother Edgar, but he cheats. There's still the question. Why did you let the sheriff hit you? I was trying to be kind. I was trying not to make it look so one-sided. So when I won, at least he didn't look entirely incompetent. You did it for him. Yeah. No, you didn't. I really did. I don't think so. I think you did it because you wanted to feel him hit you. You did it in a moment of heat and passion, and you wanted to feel the pain. And that I understand. Why would I want to feel pain? Did it hurt? Yeah, but I have a very high pain tolerance. Especially during a fight? Yeah. How high? I don't know. There's not really a thermometer to measure such a thing. I always just assumed higher than most. Can I test it? My pain tolerance? The music had stopped. Paris and Florence stepped off the dance floor and then slowly made their way over to the bar. I have invented a kind of pain test, so I can know how much any particular person can take. Why would you do that? It's a hobby. Would you like to try? Is it some kind of game? Yes, it's a kind of game. My Uncle Henry always told me, never play a game unless you know the rules first. Very well. The rules are this. I'm going to hold your hand... And then I'm going to very slowly pinch on the space between your thumb and your forefinger. I'm going to squeeze harder and harder until you tell me the pain is intolerable, and then I'll stop. How do I win? Well, it's not that kind of game. There's no win. It's it's only a test to see what level you find pain intolerable. Okay, let's try it. Florence removed her gloves, then turned to Paris and took her hands. With her right hand, she pressed on the space between Paris's thumb and forefinger. She smiled as she slowly increased the pressure. At the point at which you find the pain to be intolerable, just say, and I'll stop. I understand. Not yet. Florence continued to press harder and harder, but Paris did not speak. Florence put the rest of her strength into it, but still nothing. Does that not hurt? asked Florence. It hurts, but it's not intolerable, Paris ensured. Florence turned her nails in and began to press them into Paris. When she broke the skin a little, Paris finally spoke up. Okay, that's too much. Florence did not let go. Can you take any more? I could, but I don't really want to. Florence pulled back her hand and slapped Paris across the face. Paris looked surprised and tried to pull her hands away, but Florence held her tight. What the hell was that for? That's part of the test. You never said you would slap me. How's your hand? It's fine. It's my cheek that stings now. Exactly. You forgot about the pain, but I'm still pressing. Paris looked down in surprise. She couldn't really feel the pain anymore. She didn't feel the pain of the slap either, but she was breathing heavy and resisting every instinct to slap Florence back. All done, Florence said as she let go. Well, did I win? Paris asked, rubbing her bruised hand. Oh, yes, Miss Lee. You won. Thank you for the dance. It was well worth the money I paid. I want us to be friends, good friends, so I'm going to warn you about the things yet to come. You threatened to kill William. In retaliation, he has hired a professional boxer to come cause trouble tonight. 
if you try and fight him, he's going to try and kill you. The first thing my father ever taught me is, they're always trying to kill you, so don't worry about me. If you survive, come find me. I would like to say goodbye before we leave. But until then, farewell, Miss Lee. Farewell, Mrs. Cook. My proper title is Mistress Cook. Florence held out her hand, and Paris bowed to kiss it. Mistress Cook, Paris said as she straightened. Florence smiled and then turned and walked away, leaving Paris at the bar. Alcibi slid a small drink over to Paris. Boss, what did you do to the mayor's wife? I didn't do anything to her. That's not what it looked like from here. It looks like she slapped you hard. Yeah, she did that. Well, for the love of God, why? I think just to see if she could. Alice, my advice is, don't become a boxer. The second you do, everyone wants to hit you. Sharpen up, boss. Here comes Celia. Alcibi nodded at the distance. Paris turned to look and see Penthesilia making her way through the crowd. Paris straightened her shirt and tie, checking herself over to make sure she was looking her best. She somehow felt a little nervous. She had never felt nervous around Penthesilia before. Penthesilia had seen her at her worst. Why was Paris so concerned now? Maybe she felt a little guilty. She knew she was going to get a talking to. What was that, whiskey girl? Penthesilia asked as she got close enough. I don't know. Ask Florence. She hit me. We need Florence in our pocket. You were supposed to charm her, not hit on her till she slapped you. I didn't hit on her. I was on my best behavior. Look, the mayor and his wife are hunting for something. I don't know what. But they want me to do something for them, and I can't figure it out. Celia, if they ask me to hurt someone for them, you have to tell them no. They've made no such request. And if they wanted something, they haven't asked. Florence warned me. William has hired a boxer. He's coming here tonight to cause problems. What boxer? I don't know. She didn't say. She just said some professional who's out to kill me. <sighs> well, maybe we should put you away for the night. No, no, no. I've got an idea. Whiskey girl, it's, it's not worth it. Please, Celia. All the gossip and the politics of dancing, this is driving me insane. I have no idea what I'm doing, and everything seems to be tearing me apart. But fighting? I know how to fight, and that will finally be something I'm comfortable with. Please let me fight him. I have a plan. All right. What's your plan? I beat him, of course, but I do it using non-boxing techniques. It's an old trick my father taught me, part of the hustle he and Henry worked out. I start out boxing, but I make mistakes on purpose. Then, to get out of it, I cheat. I do the things that would get me disqualified in the ring. I do all of the underhanded things that wouldn't be allowed if I was fighting in a legitimate match. You hustle him. Exactly. I make him think he could win if the match was legitimate, if my hands were tied. I make him think he could win. If I had to follow the rules, then he will demand to fight me in the ring. And we have our next event. Okay. Okay, whiskey girl. I'll warn the viper what's going on. If you get into real trouble, he'll end it. Don't worry. If I get into real trouble, I will end it. Paris tapped her gun on her side. Don't kill him. I won't. I will just stop him. I'm going to tell the viper anyway. Tell him not to touch his weapon, 
unless I touch mine. Deal. Have you seen the viper? Penthesilia looked around. He's here somewhere. Celia, are you sleeping with the viper? What? Who told you that? Gossip. I told you I'm not comfortable with gossip. Word has gotten around that the two of you have spent a night together. And a few other nights. And what if we did? Nothing. I'm happy for you. That's wonderful. Do you like him? He's fun. He likes me. And he's not asking me for anything. He didn't want anything from me. He just wants to be with me every once in a while. Celia, it may be more than every once in a while. He seems confused as to why you like him one night and then ignore him the rest. Why are you keeping it a secret? Because the Amazon is mine. And if I go round on some guy's arm acting like a doting girlfriend, people are going to start looking at him as the leader, and I don't need a king. I don't think he's like that. Trust me, whiskey girl. They're all like that. I have to go find him. I think you have some explaining to do. Penthesilia set her hand on Paris's shoulder and turned her around to show her that Thalia was standing behind her. Hello, lover, Thalia said with a smile. I can explain, Paris began. No need, Thalia stopped her. I only wanted to thank you for being good tonight. I know you're disappointed that I can't dance with you, but you understand I need to do my job and have trusted me to handle it. Where is Louis? He's getting us food, but we're going to set the next one out. He'll want to eat with me, and then I'll show him around after, so I'm still not available. I'm sorry. I wanted to spend the night with you. You will, after the dance. I will reward you for your good behavior. <laughs> what did you have in mind? Paris took Thalia by the hand and pulled her forward. No, don't rush things. You'll see at the end of the night. Thalia set her hand on Paris's cheek. Paris winced, suddenly remembering the slap. Oh, she got you good. Thalia laughed. I know. She is stronger than she looks. Paris rubbed her cheek. And I was trying to be charming. I'm not sure what I did wrong. You didn't do anything wrong. If she hit you like that and in public, she must really like you. That was a good slap. Paris shook her head. From her? Yeah. Why were you dancing with her? She paid me six dollars. For one dance? Yeah. Whiskey girl, you made more money than me tonight. Beginner's luck. Are you going to work for Naomi now? We can take jobs together. <laughs> no. Oh, that's too bad. It could be fun if you were with me. Are you trying to recruit me? Is that how you get new girls? You make them fall in love with you, then convince them to join you? Yep. How am I doing? Well... I am in love with you. So there's still hope. There is always hope, if you look in the right places. Paris leaned in to kiss Thalia. When she heard Louis call Thalia's name through the crowd, she stiffened and straightened up. Thalia, there you are. Miss Lee, staying out of trouble? As much as can be expected. Well, when you need legal representation again, don't hesitate to send for me. I thought I might paint a face on a rock and then set it in the chair next to me. At least the rock would be on time. Anna, Louis, stop that. I want my two favorite people in the world to get along. Now apologize to each other and shake hands. I'm sorry. Louis handed one of the plates to Thalia. No need. I was being rude. I'm glad everything with that sheriff worked out. I saw the fight. You fight like a demon. Want to go out back? 
I'll teach you a few things. No, I, I fight with my pen. That could work. How many bullets does your pen hold? None? Then it's not going to do you much good in a fight. I don't need a gun to fight. We live in a world where the fastest gun always wins. But, Miss Lee, don't you want to live in a world where you don't need to carry a gun with you everywhere you go? I want to live in a world where the people I love don't have to carry a gun with them wherever they go. I want them to live in peace. So I live in violence to guard that peace with my guns. Violence can't end war. Only the law can end war. No. Violence always ends war. The law only records the victory and distributes the spoils. That's a very bleak viewpoint. The law ensures peace. With the law, we can settle disputes without violence. That is an illusion. There's always violence. That's not true. Take your case, for example. You were accused of fraud. If you'd been found innocent, you would have been set free. If you'd been found guilty, you would have been ordered to pay back the money, maybe spend some time in jail. But after that, you'd be set free. There didn't have to be a fight. There was no need for violence or guns. The threat of violence is a form of violence. I was falsely accused, and because of that, I was put in jail, at gunpoint. If I had lost my case, I would have been held in jail, at gunpoint. I would have been forced to pay whatever the court declared I was liable. If I didn't, everything I own would be confiscated, again, at gunpoint. It is violence and threats of violence that uphold the law. The sheriff is there to keep the peace. If my peace and the peace of my friends and loved ones needs to be defended with a gun, I will hold it. Then you should become a sheriff or deputy. They don't let women become sheriffs, and they don't hire them as deputies. So who is left to defend us from liars, cheaters, rapists, and murderers? Who will defend Celia from a jealous ex-boyfriend when he is the sheriff? He is the law. We can vote and have him removed. We can vote to change the laws to protect women. How can we do that? They don't let us vote either. <sighs> you see the world as it is. But I see the world for what it can be. I want to use the law to help create a world where women are free. A world where they can have the same rights as any man. A world where they can vote. After all, it took a lawyer to set the slaves free. <laughs> Lewis, I like you. If you ever need my gun, send for me. Because yes, it took a lawyer to set the slaves free. But that lawyer needed an army to do it. Paris held out her hand. I will, Miss Lee. And of course, if you ever need my pen, I'll be there for you. He shook her hand. Can I buy you a drink? No, no, we, we should go eat. I have neglected my partner for too long, and we want to get back on the dance floor soon. Shall we? Louis offered Thalia his arm. Thalia took it, but as they turned to walk away, Thalia mouthed silently to Paris. Thank you. Nicely handled, boss. Alcibi said as she set a glass on the bar. Through that whole conversation, I thought for sure you were going to hit him. So did I, said Paris. Looks like you survived another hour. You want a drink? No. What I want now is a place to hide. Why don't you come around this side of the bar? Help me. No one's going to bother you if you look busy. Well, unless they want a drink. Okay, I'm in. Paris smiled as she walked around the bar to stand behind it. No drinking, Alcibi warned. Not a drop. 
Paris promised. Paris lost herself in the simple tasks of tending the bar. She did her best to keep her eyes off the dance floor, to keep her mind on her tasks. The music was loud. Paris's mind drifted back to her father and her brothers. She knew her father would have loved this. He would have insisted on playing something, even if it was just something between the dances. She wondered how he was doing, how her brothers were doing. She missed the nights after dinner, sitting in the living room singing as her family played whatever instrument they had picked up. Alan on the piano, Poe on the guitar, Orpheus on his violin. The days were getting warmer, and the snow was beginning to melt. It wouldn't be long before the excuse that the winter kept her from going home was no longer valid. She wondered if she should go home. At least for a visit. She wondered if they'd come to find her. She knew Euricity could not. If he ever returned to Denver, there was a warrant out for him, and he would be arrested. Orpheus could. Hector could. Boss, something's going on. Alcibi pulled Paris from her daydream. She realized the music had stopped, and on the dance floor two men were holding onto Louis, and a third grabbed Thalia. Paris didn't bother walking around the bar. Setting her hand on it, she jumped it in one move. Then she ran towards the dance floor. The crowd saw her coming and parted quickly. She jumped and kicked the man in the chest. He was forced to let go of Thalia's hand, and he staggered back in two steps. Paris stood between them and Thalia, her hands on her holsters. Let go of Louis and get the fuck out of here, or die where you're standing, Paris yelled. Philocides and Cassandra moved in behind the two men holding Louis. There you are, whiskey girl. The so-called champ? The man sneered at her. Yes, I'm the whiskey girl. Before I kill you, who the fuck are you? I'm the actual Denver City boxing champion, and I'm going to send you home, little girl. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Lee, artwork by Helen Lee, performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead, except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at Helen of the Iron Horse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you.